0: Guys, happy new year, everybody. And I am so fired up uh, to bring God's word to you today and to just to lead you. Uh, it's the joy of my life, honestly, to be your pastor and to lead you. And, and we want to take you on some hillsides, if you will, as a shepherd. I want to bring you to different uh, things throughout the year that we've already planned to help your marriage and help your, your, your students and help your kids and help your life grow in every way. And I promise you this. That if you'll go after God with everything, if you'll you'll give Him your best spiritually, the way I like to say it is, this will be the best year of your life if it's the best year of your life spiritually because you are a spirit being. And that's one of the reasons, by the way, that we have 21 days of prayer uh, because we realize that we are triune beings. We are a body, soul, and spirit And what really what 21 days of prayer and fasting does, I'll go ahead and tell you what the fasting part is all about. The prayer part is all about reaching out toward God in an aggressive way. And so we'll be in prayer every day uh, in our services on Sunday. And then Monday through Friday at 6 a.m., we will offer prayer services. I'm going to lead more than half of them this year. I just feel like I'm supposed to lead a bunch of them. Uh, this year and we'll get some of our other pastors involved but they're powerful powerful prayer services at all of our locations live and we have we'll have you know taking care of you in every way to get get you in and out of here we'll have our traffic control at all locations everything we can do to help you come and be a part uh, of these services and if you can if you physically can if you physically can come you need to come I promise you you need to be in the room and just be a part of what I call New Testament prayer service, where everybody is joining their voices together in prayer. Last year, we had more than 11,000 people gathering at 6 a.m., and it's just a powerful, powerful time. So join us for that. But if you can't, we are streaming it live. You can go on your on your mobile device or your computer. If you're cooking breakfast in the kitchen for the kids or whatever, just open up a computer and let us let the music be playing and the prayers be taking place, and it's going to be really, really powerful. And if that doesn't work either, we'll arc it for 24 hours, and so you can go watch or be a part of that prayer service on demand for 24 hours, and then we'll post the new one the next day. You got it. So it's really, they're really really awesome, and uh, and I, I, I want to encourage you. We'll teach you how to pray. We'll teach you just how to make it the most, most meaningful a uh, time of your life. And I, again, I can't think of a better way to really start the year off. If you know anything about our church, we started this way. I was actually raised in a very strong prayer and fasting culture in my home church in Louisiana. And when we came here uh, to start Church of the Highlands almost 19 years ago, next month we'll celebrate our 19th anniversary uh, as a church. But when we we came here, I knew we needed to fast and pray because I knew what my abilities were and I knew they were not enough. And so we spent the entire first month before we started in February of 2001, and the rest is history. Every year we start this way, and I really believe it's one of the most important things we do together as a church. And everybody said a good amen that believes that. You believe that? Yeah, good. And so I do want to teach you a little bit about fasting before I get into this short message I have for you to start uh, the brand new year. Because a lot of people don't know much about it. It is a spiritual discipline that's mentioned in both Old and New Testament all throughout the Bible, and there's a lot of different types of fasting. Now, by the way, we have a lot of information on our website. If you wanna go watch messages on this, you really wanna dive a little deeper, But if I was just helping you today, which what I'd like to do is help you get get this in your mind uh, to to think about what you would do. And if if you've been a part of our church, you probably have already started today. But if not, you can start with this tomorrow. But there are several different types of fasts in the Bible. One is probably the most, I would say, extreme. It really is only for a few. And really, honestly, you need to hear from the Lord on this. This is a complete fast where you're either on just water only or juices only. It's very, it's actually more doable than you think. Uh, but it's really, it's, it's not necessary unless the Lord calls you to that. And in any case, you need to be sure that you're doing it very well informed and maybe with medical supervision, especially if you're on any type of medicines. But there are complete fasts where or, or or you can still even nourish yourself with some type of nutritional shake or something like that. And just fast, you're actually going without eating for 21 days. It's only for a few. But there are many uh, uh, fasts in the Bible that are what I call selective fasts. So you're eating, but you're just not eating everything. So you're, you're, you're gonna just maybe choose certain foods that you're gonna not eat during these 21 days. That's what Daniel, the Daniel fast in Daniel chapter 10, uh, he, he fasted meats, sweets, and breads. And so if you, some of you may wanna do that, just I'm gonna do a fruits and vegetables and you can eat all you want, but just you're not gonna eat everything. And for all of us, come on, it'd be good, it'd be good for all of us maybe to get off sugar for the while. How many of y'all know we, we stored up a lot over November and December, amen? I know right now I got this button so tight, I feel like I'm gonna kill somebody on the front row. It's just, it's just gonna relieve and Y'all gonna die, somebody's gonna die down here. I'm just letting y'all know, all right? So we, we all could use a little bit of that. But a, that's a selective fast. Another one to consider that Tammy and I have done many times is through the Whole30 program. The Whole30 is no dairy, no sweets, and no grains. So you can eat the meats and the proteins, but you're gonna just use without some of these other things. You decide, all right? The third type is what I call a partial fast, and a partial fast is, I'm gonna eat everything I wanna eat, but I'm just not gonna eat every meal. So maybe you're gonna fast breakfast, or you're gonna fast lunch, or you're gonna eat all day and fast the evening meal, or the opposite, I'm gonna gonna fast all day and eat the evening meal. it's a partial fast. Again, you decide, think about it, pray about it, uh, and, and, and just figure out what you think is best for you. And the purpose of this, again, is that you are a triune being. You are a spirit man. That's the part of you that when God created you, you're the only part of creation that has God's spirit inside of them. This is why we are not animals. Can I hear better? Amen, everybody. We we are made in the image of God, Genesis 1 says, and that's because we have God's spirit. When you're born again, when you give your life to Jesus, that's the part of you that's perfectly clean, even though your bodies might still be messed up or your mind or your emotions are still messed up, that's the part of you that's going to heaven. And when you get to heaven, thank God, we get a different body, right? We get a glorified body, and I'm looking forward to mine. It's gonna be a little taller, a little skinnier, no bald spot, all right, everybody? That's (laughs) what it's gonna be. And some of y'all not even gonna recognize me in heaven. So we got Jason right here in the front row. He gonna look just like that. I mean, he's already in his, in his glorified body. All right, so anyway, some of y'all not gonna change. <laughs> okay, that, but, 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 but we, you're this triune being. We're body, soul, and spirit. And it's the spirit part of us that we're trying to feed on during these 21 days. We're gonna pray more than we normally pray. We're gonna read the word more than we normally read the word. We're gonna feed our spirit man while we starve body, that's the fasting, and our souls. That's the last type that I'd like to tell you about, and that is a soul fast. So maybe you may say, well, Chris, food is not my issue. I don't, I don't really, that, that's, not, that's not pleasing to my flesh. This is, this, is not, this is not one of my really my issues where I can just say I'm, not, I'm denying my flesh. It's my soul. And for a lot of us, you do well just to get off media for 21 days. Get off social media for 21 days. Don't read what everybody's saying about you on Facebook for 21 days. Some of y'all are gonna have the best year of your life already right there. Maybe just to get off maybe the news for 21 days. Maybe I'm not gonna watch any secular movies or secular music for 21 days. Some of you do well, just let your soul man, your emotions and your mind. Feed, let it starve. Whatever starve dies, whatever you feed thrives. And if and when you put this combination of prayer and fasting together, Katie, bar the door. Yes, you, you're not going to believe what the Lord will do in your life. So I want to encourage you in it. If you hadn't already started with us, take today to think about, pray about uh, what works for you and your family. And let me just encourage you in it. And in, in any case, be in the spirit of this with us for 21 days and look what the Lord will do. And all God's people said a good amen. And again, we have more information for you out there on our website. Uh, just go to the 21-day prayer uh, uh, graphic there, and it'll give you that information. Okay, today I want to start a four-part message series on what I talked about during our Christmas services, that I really believe that one of the most powerful things that all of us can have is an encounter with the living God. I believe that God is not a God just to be understood. He is to be encountered. I think it's clear in both Old and New Testament that God can move in your life in such a powerful way where it's not a sermon from PC that convinced you of anything. It's not how your mom and dad were raised that convinced you of anything. No, no, no. I have had an encounter with God. My life was was changed forever. I really believe that. I also believe that we play a role in these encounters. In other words, there are things that we can do to just invite God's moving in our, in our lives. So what I've done is I've studied different encounters, both Old and New Testament, and not just the fact that God moved, but the role that people played in God moving. And I picked today, it was honestly, my mind went immediately, immediately to this character in the Old Testament that I just identify on so many fronts, and that's the person Jacob. Jacob was the grandson of Abraham, He's the second-born twin, his older brother Esau, born just a a few minutes before him. In fact, probably seconds before him because it says, As Esau was being delivered out of the womb, uh, Jacob was grabbing on his heel, trying trying to pull him back in so he could be first. They, they literally, the Bible says they jostled together in their mother's womb. They were, come on, if you have sibling rivalry going on in your house, this sister had these brothers fighting inside of her womb. All right, they were, they were getting after it in there, and his life was marked by that. His, his life was marked with a struggle. And as I was praying, I was just thinking about how many of us are struggling with something in our life. There's a, there's a wrestling going on, if you will, with our finances our emotions, our identity, our future, our past, our parents. Come on, our the people in our life. There's, there's just something that you're thinking right now, like, my God, if, if this was not jostling around so much of my life, it would be so much better. This message is going to help you. This message is going to show how God can move in your life and settle the wrestling in your life. Let's read it. We're kind of going toward the end of the story, of Jacob's story, when he when he really had this God encounter. And it says in Genesis 32, verses 22, that that night, Jacob got up and took his two wives. We'll come back to that another day, everybody, all right? <laughs> Some of y'all thinking, I like this church. No, 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 settle down, all right, so. <laughs> His, his two female servants and his 11 sons and crossed the ford of the Yabach. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone. By the way, for sometimes God does his best work whenever you get to that place of alo- feeling alone and desperate. And the Bible says a man wrestled with him until daybreak. Now the key word there I want you to notice is the word wrestle. But I want to talk to you about this man. Uh, In in theology, uh, there there are appearances of God in human form several times. If you know anything about the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, three guys thrown into the fiery furnace, but when they looked into the furnace, there was a fourth man in the fire. What is that? Many theologians believe that's what's called a Christophany, where Jesus actually stepped out of the throne of heaven, played a role in human history, went right back up into heaven. Many believe that that's what happened here, that the man is actually Jesus. It's definitely either Jesus, an angel, or God in the Holy Spirit. I think it was Jesus, but either way, a man, God, an angel, wrestled with him until daybreak. And when the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched. In other words, Jacob was fighting against God so hard that actually God had to touch him in a way to cripple him. And for some of you, you're going through something difficult but you don't know that God is actually using that very thing to get our attention because he wants to do a work in our lives. And he touched his hip and as he wrestled, there's the word again, with the man. Then the man said, let me go for its daybreak. No, I'm done with you. I think I'm, I've done enough work in your life this year, I've done it, I've, I've, I've touched you enough. I'm gonna go work on somebody else. I'm gonna go back up into heaven. And Jacob replied the prayer that I am praying this year. And it's the prayer that I'm gonna encourage you to pray this year as well. And that is, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. I'm not letting you go. I'm not going another year with this problem. I'm not going, can I preach just for a few minutes right here, everybody? I know I'm a teacher primarily, but I'm telling you, I've got this, I've got this, stirring in my soul that there are some things in my life and in this country and in this church and in all of us that does not need to go into 2021. We need to allow God to do a work inside of us this year like never before and I'm not (laughs) letting go until he blesses me. You're hearing me, I'm just, I'm not letting go. So I'm just gonna keep waking up at five o'clock in the morning and I'm coming. And if tomorrow morning God doesn't touch me on day two, well guess what, I'll be there on day three. And when I get hungry for pizza on, at two o'clock this afternoon, are you listening? I'm gonna say, no, I want that, but I'm not letting go until you bless me. Are y'all hearing me today? And I'm gonna tell you, listen to me, it takes that kind of attitude for God to do some work in your life and to settle all the wrestling that's going on inside of you. I'm not letting you out. And the man said, I love it, God's response. What's your name? Tell, tell, me, tell me about your past. Tell me about the labels that you've grabbed hold to. Tell me, about, tell me about the things that define you. And he said, I'm, I'm the trickster. That's what Jacob means. Actually, you know where Jacob in the Old Testament means heel grabber. I'm, I'm, I'm always behind, always trying to pull somebody else down so I can get ahead. I'm a heel grabber. I'm a trickster. One, one, one translation says the word Jacob means deceiver. I've lived my life full of lies and deceit. He said, I'm, I'm, that's who I am. And for some of you, when God starts working inside of you, you say, well, look, this is what you've got to work with, God. This is, this is who I am. And the man said, no, no, no. You will no longer be that person. Wouldn't that be great? I know that seems pie in the sky for some of you, that you can no longer have that marriage. Can it, can it really? No, we've been married for 42 years. I probably, trust me, Pastor, it ain't going to get no better than it is right now. Yes, it can. You can no longer be that man. And your wife said, a good, no, I'm just kidding, right? You're, you're, you're not going to be that person. You're not going to have that. You can, you don't have to have that habit. You don't have to have that addiction. You don't have to have that lie. You, You can no longer be that person. Can I just encourage you today? They're not getting it here at Grantsville, but I know they are at every other location, right? You don't have to, you no longer have to be that person. Like this could be the year that 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 habit, that, that thing that nobody else knows but you is just not what your life, you're no longer named that. You're no longer gonna be a trickster, a deceiver, a heel grabber, a, 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 a pornographer. You're no longer gonna be a, a cheater. You're no longer gonna be a liar. You're no longer gonna be depressed. You're no longer have Like that can actually, like your life can actually change. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Really? Oh yeah. Because you wrestled the right way. You've been, you've been wrestling your whole life, but now you're wrestling the right way. You wrestled with God and with the humans, and you've overcome, To watch this. And Jacob said, all right, back at you, what's your name? And God says, you don't need to know my name. You don't, need to, you, 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 you don't need to know things. That's always our first inclination. It's like the prerequisite for God to move my life. Okay, I'm convinced you can make me a new person. Now tell me exactly how you're going to do it before I do anything. And God says, no, no, no. Just let me bless you. Trust me. Trust me. Trust me. Trust me. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, it is because I saw God, this is our goal this year, face to face. And my life was spared. In fact, my life was changed. Here's my thesis of this message, that many of us are wrestling between the person that we have become and the person we thought we were supposed to be. Like you're, you're struggling with, my God, I didn't know this was gonna look like this. But in your heart of hearts, you know that God has a person that you know you still can be. Like the rest, I've entitled this message today, Wrestlemania, come on somebody, right? I don't watch that stuff. You see it on the commercials and stuff. It's crazy to me. How many of y'all think it's fake? Raise your hand if you think it's fake. You think it's fake? Okay, the rest of y'all need prayer. Come on to the altar right now, right? Like it's fake. I mean, they're just, they going, but it's always me dominating over you so you can go down. Really a wrestling match is you get on top and put something else down. But even when you get there, you're like hurting, chaotic, pain, you're in a wrestlemania with your life in every kind of a way. And if you look at the life of Jacob, there's three wrestling matches I see in his life. And then there's a couple of things we can do to, to, to stop the wrestling in our lives. The first one is, I simply call it the wrestling with our past. I think too many of us are still discouraged. The fact, like, I cannot believe that happened. I can't believe they're gone. I can't believe they've stayed. I can't believe I still work here. I can't believe I didn't take the chance to get this different degree. And instead I ended up, I cannot believe. And we spent all this energy thinking about how we got to where we are instead of thinking about how to get from where we are now to where God wants us to be. It's like, it's like if you were in here in Birmingham, Alabama, and you decided to drive to Atlanta But all of a sudden, you looked up, and the sign says, welcome to St. Louis. So you pull over and just start studying the map, and every missed turn along the way. How in the world did I get from Birmingham to St. Louis trying to go to Atlanta? Well, don't worry about that. Take that same map and figure out how to get from St. Louis back to Atlanta, everybody. It's the wrong use of energy to have this obsession. Jacob did this. J- Jacob, Jacob thought about, I wanted to be number one. He was, and then they, because I wasn't number one, they, they named me Deceiver. They put a label on me that I didn't even have any control over. Some of you have labels on you, and you're thinking, I didn't even put this label on myself. Somebody else called me Jacob. Somebody else called me that thing. But here I, I'm kind of stuck in this thing. Listen to me. We can't go back and change the beginning, but we can start where we are and change the ending. You've got to hear that. And I love thoughts like this on the first Sunday of the year because I'm trying to get you to just to forget those things that are behind you and press toward those things that are ahead of you. And you've got to put some energy into the process. My, 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 Kind of my new verse, I don't know that I've ever taught it before. I've never shared it before. I've never preached it before. I didn't even really know that what I saw in this verse said it this way. I put it on my socials on on um, January 1st. I love this. It says, but if from there, I just love that thought. So I don't know where you are, but if, I don't know how many marriages, but if from there, I don't know how many jobs, but if from there, I don't know how many mistakes, I don't know how many things you've done, but if from there, don't, I don't know why you got there. The Bible's not even asking you why you got there. The Bible's saying, but if from there, You'll seek the Lord your God. Come on, y'all. This is a good verse. If y'all don't amen, I will amen myself. This is a good verse. You will find him. if you'll just look. I don't know where you are, but if from there, let that sink in just a little bit. If from there you'll seek God, come, come on, join me tomorrow. Watch what happens and you. And you find him, you'll seek him with all your heart and all your soul. That's how it's going to happen. If you'll let this be the year, like, I don't know how I got here, but from here. I love, I love the line in, in uh, wedding ceremonies. I do, I've done a lot of weddings over 37 years of ministry now. And my favorite line is, from this day forward. I know I've dated all these other people, but from this day forward. I know I've had this past, but from this day forward. Some of y'all need a from this day forward kind of an attitude. You need to forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. God is doing a new thing. And I love the next line, and it's springing up right now. So it's right here in front of you. And the Bible's almost in a a frustration says, do you not see it? Do you not see the opportunity that's right here in front of you, that God has a map from St. Louis to Atlanta? He's made a way, like there's still a way. No, he can't, can't do it from here. Yes, he can. He makes way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Does anybody in this room believe that is true, that God can take, if you really believe it, give God a great praise. Come on, somebody, I feel like you just. Yes, yes, yes. Here's the second wrestling match in our WrestleMania is that we wrestle with our secrets. Now, Jacob was named a deceiver before he even started deceiving. He had this label and he started living it out And he so badly wanted his father's blessing, but the blessing always goes to the oldest child. And by the way, there was a reason for that because in the absence of the father, the oldest child was supposed to take care of the rest of the family. God's rule there or God's commandment wasn't to be partial. It was because he wanted actually the rest of the kids to be blessed. Jacob didn't know that. He thought, thought, oh, Esau's gonna get all this blessing. Now Esau, y'all, the Bible says, came out of the womb, hairy and red. Help the brother. All right, y'all listening to me? I mean, like, he looked like a wool blanket coming out of the womb. That's what the Bible says. And he was a hunter, and he was a kind of a tough guy. And, uh, and, 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 and Jacob was a mama's boy. He, he knew how to cook in the kitchen, all right? That's, and, and, and Jacob always struggled with that, so that when he was trying to get his brother's blessing, he said, sell me your birthright. Like, will you? I'll give you, I've been cooking in the kitchen all day, and I'll give you something to eat. If you'll give me the blessing that's coming your way. And watch this. For a temporary appetite, Esau gave up the blessing. Again, that's why fasting's so powerful. If we can put to death our appetites, and and instead of feeling our appetites all the time, there's great blessing on the other side. Well, Esau agreed, but he wasn't sure his daddy was gonna go for it, Isaac. So Jacob put on his arms... He got from an animal, put the fur of an animal on his arms, and his daddy, who was little, couldn't see well, touched his arm and says, oh, this is Esau, and he blessed him. But he only blessed the pretender. He blessed someone that was, like he got, Jacob got what he wanted, but he was miserable with the blessing the rest of his life because he had got it in a deceitful kind of a way. And I'm here to tell you, a lot of us, we're, we're, we're living this lie with our finances or with our, our morality or we're putting across this, these images of uh, who we want people to think we are, trying to get something. But the truth is, you are still got this wrestling going on in your soul, and God cannot bless who we pretend to be. And that's why one of the most powerful realities of Scripture, I love this verse in in Proverbs 28, whoever conceals. So if you're a mask wearer, if you're going to live your life another year, making, thinking everybody thinks you're hunky-dory and you're not, you'll never prosper. In fact, let me say it this way. Even if you prosper, you'll never prosper. Even if you get everything you think you want because you lied that way. You still never prosper. But whoever confesses and renounces, like the people who have the guts to take off the mask, those are the people who find the mercy of God. I love King David when he messed up so royally by committing adultery and then having her husband murdered, confesses sin. He said, when I refused to confess, my body wasted away. I groaned all day long. That's the wrestling Day and night, your hand of discipline was upon me, and my strength was evaporated. I highlighted that because when I read it, I thought, God, that'll touch somebody in the services today. Like you're resting, but you're not rested. It's like you have this, you feel like this massive amount of strength that's coming out of your body, and you think it's the way you use your time. No, no, no. It's the condition of your soul. Like there's a wrestling, you have not settled the wrestling going on on the inside. I'm preaching about 62 and a half percent better than you're responding right now. It's true. I'm telling you. Finally, I confess and, and stop trying to hide my guilt. And watch what happens. And I said to myself, I'm going to confess my rebellion. And God never asks any questions when you confess. He just forgives and removes. That's what he does. I'm just telling you. And that's the third area, and that is a lot of us are wrestling with God. So I love my job, because I'm gonna tell you, you can go search for anything to stop the conflict on the inside, and you're gonna be back. I'm not trying to be sassy, I'm just trying to tell you the truth. What I love about this story is, Jacob tried everything, he tried, getting the right marriage, he tried getting the right money, he tried getting the right hurts, he tried, he tried giving Esau stuff, he tried taking stuff from Esau, he tried living with him, he tried living without him, he tried everything, and he still had to come back to God. You try everything you want to, and you're going to come right back to God, I'm telling you. You're gonna to have to come back to the place where you see him face to face and like, let God change your life. And if you don't believe me, just go try. I'm not being sassy. I'm just saying, go ahead and try. I don't even mind it. I never feel the pressure to convince people because life will convince you and you'll be back. I'm just saying, you've got to come back to God. And that is why the Holy Spirit says, lean into this verse, please. Today, when you hear his voice, for goodness sake, do not, Harden your hearts. Don't say, no, I don't, I don't think I'm going to. i got my reputation uphold. You know, I, I don't know what my friends at work will think. I don't know. No, 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 don't do that. If you, don't, don't, don't harden your hearts like Israel did in the desert when the, when the ancestors tested and tried God's patience. So God, we read it this week in the one-year Bible, God's spirit will not always strive with man. So he's striving with you, but he's not going to always do that. Don't, don't test the patience of the Lord. And God says, okay. Uh, uh. So I was angry with them, and I said, their hearts always turn away from me. They refuse to do what I tell them. So in my anger, I took an oath. Now look at the oath of God whenever you refuse God. They never enter rest. In other words, he allows us to have the conflict. The wrestlemania continues. There's still another guy on the ropes with a chair getting ready to jump on top of you. And if that's the life you like, then just keep on trying. So what do we do? Come on up, team. We give up being in control. Two things. You got to give up being being in control. Jacob always had his own solutions. Listen carefully. Jacob always had his own solutions. But he decided that night to leave his, his possessions, his family, and go meet with God. And he gave up the control. If I wanna teach you something about God. I'm gonna give you two principles that'll help you understand. You want God to move in your life? Let me give you two principles. The first is, brokenness precedes breakthrough. If you come to God and said, I'm tired, I'm done, I can't do it, I empty myself, I'm sorry. Really one of those positive words in the Bible, I repent. I, I am turning around, I'm tired. I can't do it anymore. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you right now. The sacrifices, the best kind of worship to God is a broken spirit. And a broken and contrite heart, God never despises. So he's not looking for perfection. He's looking for honesty. He, he's not looking for you to get it all together and be righteous. No, no, no. He's, he's wanting you to say you can't be righteous on your own. If you've been around here any long amount of time, you remember me telling the story about coming home from work. Um, So this is for all the new new people, but I hadn't told in a while, but anyway, but I came home from work and Tammy and I had this wooden bed frame with bedposts, tall by the head, short by the footboard. And when I got home, I took my jacket off, threw it across the footboard, only to notice that one of the knobs was smaller than the other because one of the kids had come in with a pocket knife and whittled on the bedpost. There was shavings on the floor. Well, I had to come apart. I was like, so I hollered, kids, get in here right now! And I knew who it was. I don't even know why I called all of them. Come on, y'all know, right? In our house, it's David. <laughs> I'm telling you. So when they lined up, all five of them, I said, I looked, just looked at David. I said, "Who's been whittling on the bedpost?" And the sweetest one of our entire family, the one that's the, literally, the, I think he's the nicest in all of our family, Jonathan. He's number four. He just went, and I started laughing like you just laughed because he didn't. He didn't even. I didn't even ask a second time. He just. It was me. Oh, Dad's so sorry. And I (laughs) I was laughing, and I said, well, well, don't do that anymore. Yes, sir. (laughs) And I let him go because he was just so so honest. Look, God opposes the proud. He gives grace and favor. That's why I'm fasting. I need the favor of God. I'm I'm, going to empty myself because I need God. That's number one. If you want to know the the secret to God, humility, brokenness precedes breakthrough. Here's the last one. And that is God responds. You read it. When he gave him all of his heart, soul, and mind, everything, I give my whole life to God. I give up control, and I give my whole life. So some of y'all are partial way inners, right? Like you just, I'm going to come to, you know, 40% of the services. I may or may not do a conference. I'll do small groups if I feel like it. I think I'll... You'll go to heaven wrestling the whole way. I'm just telling you. You want God's best, you go all in. If you want God's best, you go all in. God, Jesus called the crowd and asked them to be disciples. We got lots of people at Highlands. There'll be over 60,000 because it's the first day of the year. It's the the first Sunday of the year. A lot of people. I'm not calling crowds. I'm calling disciples. I'm asking, who who wants to come to every service you actually physically could come to? Who wants to get in small groups? Who wants to go to conferences? Who wants to go through freedom? Who who, who wants to do prayer and fasting? Who wants to run the play? I can make some promises to you. If you run the play, if you let him lead and realize you're not in the driver's seat, this is going to be the best year of your life, I promise you. The way we always say it around here is give us a year and watch. let us show you. Give us a year of your life. Run every play that you physically can run. Like, get on the growth track. Serve. Be it serve day. Lead a small group. Be in a small group. Do what Like, run the play. Just, I want you to test it. Give us a year and watch. And I end with this quote, and I'm going to pray for you. I love this quote from C.S. Lewis. That was a great way to end the message. I become my own. I become the person that I was supposed to be only when I give myself to, and he capitalized it, another. So Father, that's our challenge this year. This is a great opportunity on the first Sunday of the year to go all in with you. And I'm asking you, God, to speak to people right now. We don't want the easy route. We want the, the wrestling-stopped route. We want the route, God, where our lives are changed, our addictions are broken, our frustration's over, our anxiety is gone, our depression is broken off our lives, and God, we're free from the wrestling match. So, Father, I pray that you speak to people right now by your Holy Spirit in this place. Heads bowed, eyes closed. I'm inviting campus pastors to come join me on stage. If you're here today and you're ready to start, you need a fresh start. You need to repent of your sins. You're ready to give your life to God. You're ready to go all in. I'm ready, I'm just ready. This is gonna be the first day of the rest of my life. I'm gonna do it from here, from this place. The best way I know how I'm giving my best to God. That really is salvation. Got a news bulletin, it's not when you join this church. It's when you give God everything. That is salvation. If you're ready, I'm not gonna have you stand up or come to the front, but I am gonna ask you to be bold. And I'm asking you to boldly, in a few moments, ask you to raise your hand as high as you can and say, This is my day. I'm going all in with God. I'm giving God my life, or I'm going all in with Him this year, the best I know how. If that's you, ready? You ready? Come on, put your hands up right now and say, That's me, that's me, that's me, that's me. Yep, good, good. Lift it high. Come on, be bold. Come on, life's been bold with you. You be bold back with your life in Jesus' name. Good, 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 good. All over this room. God bless you. I want every voice to join with me in a prayer. Every person who believes in God, pray this prayer out loud with me along with the people who just raised their hand. Say, Jesus. Jesus. Say it loud, church. Say, Jesus. Jesus. Thank you for dying on the cross and paying for my sin. Today I receive what you did for me, by surrendering my life completely to you, come live inside of me, change me, forgive me, heal me, and make me brand new. And with all of my heart, I'm going to live for you. In your name I pray, amen and amen. Grant Smith said big congratulations to every person. Someone who sincerely prayed that prayer, praise God.